Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent. I'm by myself today for this podcast. There is a lot to unpack. Let's start by saying I'm sorry about that um, little crooked voice. We will blame this on the amount of gold there was to celebrate this weekend. That's what we'll go for. Um, 10 games were played. Not one red card was given. Not one draw at the end of the game. And 35 goals were scored. We had some four trees, some four twos, some four zeros. Um, it, it was a, an entertaining weekend um to say the least it's good to see all those goals scored in 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 Liga. um the afcon of course is going on at once which you know takes a, a few talents from us but um we can see that Liga is still as exciting as it should be um after this week we have a a week of coupe de france coming up and then um the the month of february and all the craziness starts with Liga european cups of course paris and germain playing real madrid which is um very expected round of 16 game in Champions League. We'll see how all that unfolds and how Paris Saint-Germain is slowly getting ready for this game. We'll go through all 10 games today. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the Mercato. Maybe we'll do a, a special episode next week about everything that happened in Ligue 1 in the transfer window. Right now, I'm just going to go through through all 10 games. Uh, we'll do it a bit different. Usually, I'll go chronologically. Today, I'll go from uh, the first team to the the less uh, well-placed team on the ladder. All right, I'm going to start in a second, but first, music. And so we're going to the capital first, Paris Saint-Germain, who was playing against Reims and Paris Saint-Germain, who won... I guess pretty easily on paper, 4-0. The goal scorer, Marco Verratti, at the 44th minute. Sergio Ramos at the 62nd. An own goal, not really given to Marco Verratti, but might be given to him at the 67th minute. And a goal from Danilo Pereira, or maybe an own goal as well, at the 75th minute for Paris Saint-Germain. Paris with 70% football possession, 22 shots, 9 on target. And Reims at 9 shots and 3 on target against them a a highly um I guess tactical game and, and, and a good game. I mean Paris Saint Germain with 90% pass accuracy and Reims with 84% pass accuracy, only 16 falls, only one yellow card was given. Um Paris Saint Germain with, with quite a lot of corners and not one for Reims. Kind of paint like the picture the, the picture of what happened during that game. Paris Saint Germain who really took their time but eventually did not force their talent too much to be able to see Reims off. Not too much trouble really for uh, for Pochettino's side. However, they are just not convincing yet. I mean, maybe we're repeating ourselves every week and it's an important second win in a row for them after a, a series that saw them drawing four times in six games. But it's just not what we expect yet. And Mbappé was playing and Messi came back and Ramos was playing. We, we'll see if they can actually, um, you know, really build up it's 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 late now you know it's the end of january we're getting into february they're supposed to be at the level we want them to be by now if you want them to succeed in champions league but we'll see if they are able to uh, turn on that switch as we keep saying anyway the the game itself the first half was a battle and, and Rens did cause a little bit of trouble to the, to the league leaders you know garcia's men played i guess I, i'll say a confident and offensive football they forced Mbappé and Enko to, you know, even play in counter-attack sometimes. But at the very end of that first half, the goal came 
for Paris Saint-Germain and it was uh, Verratti who scored his first goal in over four years with a, a precise left half volley just a bit too much in that volley for, for Reykjavik to touch the, the post and get in the second half you know Reims tried to come back early but within 15 minutes Sergio Ramos was scoring his first goal under the PSG shirt uh, a corner kick that he, that he battled for and Reykjavik made the first save but couldn't stop Ramos the second time not a lot of time for Reims to digest that goal and then Verratti's shot from the edge of the box after a, a good work from Mbappé on the left wing was deflected twice before it ended into the, the top right corner of a motionless Raikovic who you know, couldn't do anything when the ball is touched twice in his own box. The fourth goal, same thing, deflection. It was a, a shot by uh, by Danilo Pereira uh, and, and Raikovic couldn't do much. The game itself, you know, Messi comes in and, and maybe brings a little bit more um, finesse offensively. Paris Saint-Germain holds the ball for a long time and he's having a hard time actually getting into the box and, and creating those um, those dangerous um, situations. They, you know, they, there's 14 corners. Um, so you, you had a few you know, opportunities deflected, the, the 22 shots, not all of them going to target, but there they are still. Reykjavik really had some, some work to do. Um, but, you know, half of the shots did end up in the back of the net. Well, it's it's just it's still Paris Saint Germain the way we see them, right? It's still they look solid, they just aren't tested enough, and when they're tested, it looks like it's not gonna take too much to make them crack when they're gonna play a team like the you know, like Real Madrid. Um we'll we'll see we'll see what they do about that. In before that they have a couple of games that are going to be also um tasting them because they're going to play Nice in Coupe de France. Um, before visiting reigning champion Lille in a couple of weeks. So that's also going to be a couple of tests for Paris Saint-Germain to see how ready they are for their um, end of season. Anyway, um, right now they are keeping their 11-point caution at the top of the table um, and and we'll see how they uh, how they figure this out. Messi played a few minutes this weekend, so they, he's going back. Neymar should be back in a couple of weeks. They, they are slowly ramping up. Reims, um, second loss in a row. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a stop after a good series. Um, they're hosting Bordeaux in a couple of weeks. Uh, they do play against Bastia in Coupe de France as well. So they have a couple of games to, to manage in the next couple of weeks. They need, you know, they need to go back to where we want them to be. They were a bit of a, that team who could cause trouble to big teams. Um, unfortunately, there were no match for, for Paris Saint-Germain for that game. Next game up is Mess against Nice and a 2-0 win for Nice Galche men who are keep keeping on their um, good series and you know are winning in the Galche est fashion this day. The goal scorer uh, Kefren Turam second goal in a row at the 58th minute and I mean Guiri on penalty at the 86th minute. Um, nice who had only 47% of the possession, so mess at most of the ball. Uh, eight shots each side, and Nice put six on target, and mess only one on target. Mess who needed a win to get out of the relegation zone, but Nice did not want to, to let go of their second spot, so they did the job. Les Aiglons really applied a bit of pressure early and, and had a couple of occasions to test um, Kayar, who was the goalkeeper with Okija left on the bench for Mess. The pitch, if you'd seen the game or if you just watched the highlights, you'll figure it out. Uh, it was a pretty bad pitch, uh, and it's pretty, it's pretty shameful to play on that kind of football pitch on, in Ligue 1. But anyway, it showed that, you know, it, it was a problem basically for both teams to play the game that they should be playing. 
that said, Mess really barely bothered Benitez in that first half or maybe impacted Mess more than he impacted uh, Nice in the second half. Mess didn't even put a, um, a shot on target. Uh, and Nice were the team who finally got that reward just before the hour mark, thanks to Kefren Churam. The son of Lilian um, scored his second goal in two weeks. And he was a real striker's finish, you know, kind of like fighting with Kaya to tackle the ball in. Mess really had a hard time bringing the ball in this half. Uh, you know, Galtier, his, just, his team was just very well positioned as, as usual. You know, Rosario and Kefren Churam in the midfield works well. I think there's real um, there's a real option there if Lemina doesn't come back in, in the right form. I'm having an okay game on, on left back. I know last week I... Uh, Scotch him a little bit, but he did okay. Um, and of course, you know, Le Grenat are missing a few of their players with um, the African Cup. But um, but the lack of intensity in the young team is, I guess, it's a bit too much. And, and I think Antonetti on the on the sideline definitely complained about it as well. Um, the mistake at the end of the game though came from an experienced player from Metz, Vincent Pajot, uh, who couldn't get out of Evan Gesson's way and, and fouled him into the box. Guiri took the chance and, and almost blundered it from the spot kick trying a, trying a panenka that Kaya was able to like slap but not slap away unfortunately uh, could have been um, could have been a, a bit of a stain on, on Guiri's um, very awesome season this year then of the game um, you know 2-0 win for Nice Galche will Galche I guess you know not the most important entertaining game but a good win six win in a row for, for Nice it's some something that they haven't done since 2018 most likely they'll extend that run when they host Clermont next week, although Clermont had a, had a good game um, this past weekend. Mess, you know, still up and down. Um, the game in Troyes next week is is getting crucial. They need to get those those points if they want to get out of danger. And Troyes is a uh, is direct competition um, for for relegation struggle. Next game up, Lens against Marseille. That's when the uh, the series of highly entertaining game is uh, starting. I think you know Paris and and Nice had a had an okay game, but then from now on it gets a little bit um a little bit more fun in Liga. Uh, Lance against Marseille, you know a game that of course promised to be a very entertaining game. If you don't remember, um, the first game in the Velodrome, the first leg I should say, ended up in three two for Lance when Marseille was first up to zero. Um, so there was a little bit of that going on, and of course we know Lance how well they're playing, and and Saint Pauli, Marseille is uh, is showing some real some real good stuff this year. Anyway, the game finishes with a 2-0 win for Marseille. Marseille with 53% possession, 10 shots, seven on target. Lance with nine shots and three on target. And like I said, you know maybe Marseille had that souvenir of being up 2-0 and then. Losing 3-2 at the Velodrome, but at the Stade Bola, they really, Marseille probably gave us their game of the season so far, completely shutting down Les Saint-Yor for most parts of the game. Uh, you know, the high press, the careful build-up, the absence of loose passes, the precision in everything they do, all the best thing about this, um, I guess, this this new Saint Pauli era was on display. The first half, you know, dominated high and large by Les Marseillais. Um, you know, I said on that pod a couple of weeks ago um, that, you know, until the final third, this Marseille is very um, very Pep Guardiola-esque. They may like the players. They need to really make a difference on the wing. You know, Luis Enrique really isn't up to standard. Um, just to give you an example, a 
Conrad de la Fuente isn't much better, but the possession and the control of the ball everywhere else on the pitch is just a thing of beauty. Um, you know, Rangier, Gendouzi, and Camara, they work in the midfield, was just, you know, relentless, and, and they cut almost every attempt by Seco Fofana or Gael Kakuta to carry the ball, which is one of those weapons that Lance really needs to use. Um, you know, the the wings, Frankowski and, and Klos, they are one of the strengths of Lance, uh, but Rongier on the right side just, you know, ate Frankowski alive, and on the left side, Luan Perez did the job to make sure Klos wouldn't play too much, and, and to give credit to Luis Enrique defensively, he was also well positioned to uh, to make sure that Klos didn't have the time to actually take the wing, and we know how dangerous he is on crosses. Um, the, the only opportunities from Lance came still from Fofana and Kakuta. I mean, we know those two players have a bit of genius on them, so, uh, you know, he only took a, a little deflection from the back heel from Kakuta to, to create a counter-attack, and Fofana had a real chance, but, you know, Saliba tackled back into the box, and, and that was, you know, showed again why Marseille is the best defense in Ligue 1 this season. Um, Paulo Lopez also had a couple of saves to do, and he did them the right way. And then and then Marseille just had to do the job, and, and they finished the job for once. Um, the first goal came with a penalty for them. Maybe a bit controversial, I feel like. Some referee would not give that one to Gendouzi. You know, two players running into the box, running toward gold. They both kind of fall. There's a bit of contact. Anyway, Stéphanie Frappa gave the penalty, and, and Payet happily scored from the spot kick. Um, and then OM was able to finish that first half as strong as they had started it. When the second half starts, Lance is trying to be better. Uh, it looks like Marseille sort of let them play for the first 10-15 minutes, but then slowly they came back to playing a bit higher up the pitch, pressing a bit higher. Um, and, and next thing you know, Bakembu, the new OM recruit, came in. Uh, Bakembu used to play for Sochaux and who was in China recently. Uh, played for Villarreal as well, scored a few goals um, all along his career. But when a player comes and he hasn't played for six months and his last game was in China, you're always wondering what, what kind of form he's on. Well, you know, Sampaoli made a real choice, got Pakambu in, didn't get Milik in, uh, which kind of says a lot about maybe Sampaoli and the police striker relationship. But, um, you know, obviously they play, they play different roles as well. Pakambu plays on the wing, uh, Milik plays in the middle of the park up front. Um, but I feel like Mini could have brought something into that game. Anyway, Bakambu is the one who came in uh, and he did what Luis Enrique basically struggled to do early on, which is, um, you know, acting like a real dynamite on that left side, combining with the midfield, playing deep behind the defense, um, asking for the ball behind the defense. And, and on that second time that he asked for the ball, um, little one-two with Gwenduzi, he was able to stuck that, snuck that ball between Farines and, in, and his near post, a, gay, a goal that reminded me of um, Sylvia Wiltord's goal against uh, Francesco Toldo in the Euro 2000 for people who, are, who have that memory of French football, the game that um, offered France the um, the extra time. And then we all know Trezeguet's goal who give the Euro to France. Uh, anyway, that was the little, little digression. Um, 77 minutes, 2 zero for Marseille and the game was basically over. It's a big win for Marseille. You know, they couldn't get the three-point at home against 10 men Lille last week. It's a win that could be, you know, that famous reference game everyone talk about of their season. Until then, they only had that, they only looked that solid maybe in Monaco. Shows as well that Marseille is better away from home. You know, home teams um, tend to play a bit more. When they visit the Velodrome, they're, um, they're happy to park the bus. 
Marseille away is on a uh, a pretty good series. You know, five games, five wins, not one single goal conceded. And they went to Clermont, to Nantes, to Strasbourg, to Bordeaux and Lens. So it's not, you know, it's not the, the best teams. But in, in the middle of that, we have Strasbourg who scores a plethora of goals and, and Lens, who is one of those teams that we thought was going to uh, challenge for Europe until the end. I mean, it's, it's not over yet. But Marseille definitely showing that they are, you know, they mean business for the, the Champions League spot at the end of the year. We will see another example, though, most likely, of teams parking the bus <laughs> in Marseille in a couple of weeks with uh, with Marseille hosting Angers. For Lens, it is a bit of a stop after a good start of 2022. You know, we said they didn't finish 2021 the right way. They started 22 nicely with that, you know, that Coupe de France win against Lille and, uh, and then a few good results. They are traveling to Lorient in a couple of weeks to restart the machine. But yeah, Fofana, Fofana Klaus, Kakuta, Frankowski, the, the usual suspects of their success, really were restrained well by the OM players this weekend. And they need to get back to to be the team that we know they are. I feel like in Lorient, they of course have a, have a chance to do that. You know, they were missing Kalim Wengo this weekend, but, uh, but they just weren't at the level that we expect them to be. Um, anyway, very good win for, for Marseille in Lens. Next up, the um, the high-flying game of the weekend, Bordeaux against Strasbourg, and a 4-3 win for Bordeaux. Who would have thought, you know, the the worst defense of the league host the second-best attack of the league, and you think Bordeaux was going to... Uh, to again sink the way they did against Reims last week when they when they host Strasbourg, but they found a way to uh, to to win that game. It, it sort of was a um, a cutthroat game for for Petkovic, the coach from Bordeaux, who's supposedly playing for his job on that one. And we know all the struggles at Bordeaux right now. We know that with COVID and injuries, they almost don't have a starting eleven, and yet they afford to uh, to banish some players uh, to to refuse to make them play. Um, anyway. You know, four three win for Bordeaux. It's it's obviously a, a very good result. Uh, there was a hat trick for Juan Huijo, the first of his career in France, um, seventeenth, thirty ninth, and ninetieth minute for the um the striker from Bordeaux. And Albert Ellis also scored at twenty first minute for Strasbourg. Kevin Gamero scored at the forty third and the fifty seven minute, and Majid Wahis scored at the ninety seven minute. But he was of course um three little too late. Strasbourg did dominate the game. 66% possession, 18 shots, 6 on target. And for Bordeaux, only 13 shots and 6 on target as well. 4 in the back of the net. Um, you know, that, that little stat that makes a difference sometimes. Bordeaux has only 63% pass accuracy. Um, it's clearly a team on demand uh, or a team on demand at best. Um, an ill team is probably more accurate of what's going on right now in, uh, in Gironde. Anyway, in Ligue 1, there are always stories and, and, and Bordeaux might be one of those stories. They started like a missile in that game with three goals within the first half. Um, first, it was Wang Wijo who took advantage of a mistake from Niamzi who couldn't clear the ball. Then it was Ellis launched by Udin who beat Sales 1v1 and then the, the second goal by Wang Wijo was probably the best goal of the week. Um, left-footed effort from the edge of the box swerving in the opposite top corner a, a an Arjen Robben or a Florian Tovin, if you will, that kind of that kind of goal really sells really couldn't couldn't do much and you can't really blame him for it. Um besides that, Bordeaux just was waiting 
for Strasbourg to make a mistake, and that's all they were playing. Um, Strasbourg was trying to bring the danger, but often just too open in um, in counter-attack. Camero did score a goal at the end of the first half to try and put his team back on track. A uh, nice volley from the edge of the box. Um, but yeah, defensively, Strasbourg was concerning. Second half starting, Les Girondins did the same thing. They just let the ball into the visitors' feet, focusing on defending well, trying to play in transition. Strasbourg had many in the tent at coming back and, and just before the hour mark. Again, it was Gamero who scored, um, this time from like almost an impossible angle after the ball was first stopped by, um, uh, by Costil, excuse me. Uh, wait, was Costil playing? Why am I saying Costil? No, it was, it was Poussin who was playing. Costil, um, wasn't playing this weekend. I don't can't remember if it was COVID or maybe just uh, left on the side as Bordeaux does these days. Uh, I think he was just injured or ill. Um, anyway, anyway uh, Gamero was scoring. Uh, Stefan Men really kept pushing and tried to to get that 3-3. But unfortunately, in the last minute, at the 90th, they were punished by uh, Juan Guijo again who got the first streak in his career in Liga. Uh, the goal from Majid Waris at the 97th minute was too little too late. But the, the most entertaining game of that match, they finished with a surprising win for the host team, to be honest. Um, it felt a bit like a fluke when you watch the game, a couple of mistakes from the Strasbourg defense and um, and a good defensive effort from Bordeaux, you got to admit, although they did concede three goals, uh, they were solid. Strasbourg hasn't been really prone to this kind of mistake this season. You know, you can explain it maybe by the absence of Jiku, who's just coming back from the AFCON. He did play a few minutes in the second half. But it's not like Julian Stefan meant to, uh, to concede that many. For the fun of it, uh, the last time seven goals were scored in Ligue 1 were two months ago in Strasbourg, and it was the reverse game, Strasbourg-Bordeaux, that Strasbourg won 50, uh, 5-2, 52, I was going to say. Strasbourg won that game 5-2. Um, there has been 87 goals during the 22 games that Bordeaux has played this season, which is, which is nuts. It's over four. It's just four games per, four goals per game. Unfortunately for them, they have considered 53 times, which is also ridiculous. It's two, two and a half goals considered per game. The worst team to concede that many games after 22, that many goals after 22 games since 78, 79. It was Nice at the time who, was, who considered that much. You're wondering how Bordeaux can stay in Liga with this kind of defensive record. Anyway, in a uh, couple of weeks, um, they're traveling to Reims, Bordeaux, a team that's four points away from them. And Strasbourg will try and bounce back at home against Nantes. Les Canaries are only three points behind them and, uh, and a real threat for um, European spots. The next game is Clermont Foot against Stade René and a win for the home team, Clermont 2-1. A bit of a, um, bit of a bite in the back for Rennes since the two goal scorers are two Rennes Academy products that have since moved on. Uh, the goal from uh, Rennes came first, Baptiste Samantamaria at the 19th minute, and then the two former Rennes players, Lucas Dacuña and Jordan Tell, scoring at the 60th and the 71st minute. The uh, position was for Rennes 54%, 13 shots, 4 on target for Rennes, 12 shots, 4 on target for Clermont. A game that was um, that was a bit cagey at times, uh, that took a while to, um, to warm up, I guess, you know, Rennes, who thought they had bounced back last week after that dominating win against Bordeaux, of course, um, but they just couldn't buy a second goal in Clermont this weekend. The the Gastien, the men playing for Pascal Gastien hadn't scored in the last three games. 
struggle to exist in this game still without Mohamed Mbayo, who Mohamed Mbayo, excuse me, who unfortunately lost this morning with um with his uh, his team in Afcon and will be back um, maybe not this weekend but but the next time they play in Liga. Uh, however, Clermont had found another hero on the day, um, the goal the goalkeeper Joko, who who made an insane amount of of save. I mean, uh, Uparin Joko, he's he's only twenty three. Um, he was a bit of the solution to to death mass not being in in good form, uh, and he's nicely sitting into the goals and I think he's going to keep the Clermont goals after after that game against um Reims. You know, he he was able to save it in front of Terrier, he was able to save in front of Laborde. Uh couldn't do anything on Santa Maria's goal, which was a header on a on a beautiful cross from Bourijo. I mean Bourijo who's you know week after week um giving us his best impression of David Beckham. Um, anyway, Joko had more safe to, to make and, and he made them in front of Borijo again in front of Laborde with a couple of chances in the second half. Um, and then slowly but surely Clermont saw that maybe luck was on their side this week and so they start um, taking a bit more risks in counter-attack and with a, uh, with Rashani, with Dacunia, with Damel, they pushed and, and eventually they got their reward. Um, Dacunia with the equalizer tells header to put Clermont back in fourth 10 minutes later. Like I said, both Ren former academy players, uh, and then Ren tried to push to get the equalizer, but just just couldn't. Um, and it's I don't know if it tells much about Genesio's team. Uh, they started really well. They had some really good moments, and then slowly but surely they are, I guess, um, just playing less less of a silky smooth game and and tr- struggling to score. I'm not too sure if if it's you know just the lack of confidence for Laborde because now he's missed like I want to say nine opportunity in the last three games uh, where usually he put he put those ones at the at the back of the net. Um, you know Doku was back and uh, they left Lovro Major on the on the bench, but he was available and came in and, and had his impact. Um, the, the Ren team is what it's supposed to be. Uh, the goal scorer you know Alem Dariz, the third choice with uh, with Omlin injured and. Um, Gomis at, at the AFCON of course um, and yes they're missing Nayef Aguirre at the AFCON but the, the issue isn't really defensively um, it, it's offensively that they just they just don't bury them in when they're supposed to they use they use this to do it to uh, to score those goals so hopefully they can uh, they can bounce back uh, in a couple of weeks they are hosting Brest for Clermont it's going to be a little bit harder because they are travelling to Nice Next up, Montpellier against Monaco. Another thriller at La Mousson. A 3-2 win for Montpellier. And, um, you know, Philippe Clément who still hasn't won away with Monaco. The goal scorer, Elie Wahi at the 13th minute. And a brace for the Englishman, Steffi Mavididi at the 32nd and the 91st minute. For Monaco, with some Benyeda scored at the 34th. And new signing, Van Dersen scored at the 81st minute. Monaco with the possession 62%, 18 shots, 7 on target. And for Montpellier, 15 shots and 7 on target. Without Teji Savani, who's suspended, you would think that there would be worry for Montpellier offensively. Um, but, you know, they, they proved everyone wrong and started the game. Olgum's blazing. You know, Wahi, who could have been suspended, but his red card from last week has been um, overturned, um, was the first one to uh, to hit. And, and Nubel 
you know, maybe could have done better on, on this one. And then Mavididi um, helped putting the home team up front within the first half hour. A bit of a surprise, um, you know, Monaco's defense, yeah, quite pathetic at first. And, and I'm sure Philippe Clément wasn't happy about that. Up to zero, Dalolio probably wanted his men to allow Monaco to have the ball, but Benyedia's quick fit um, put his team back on track only two minutes after Mavidi's goal. It's the 13th goal of the season uh, for Wissam Benyedia, one more than Jonathan David. When we know that, uh, you know, Benyedia wasn't playing every single minute of every game under Kovac, it's, uh, it's quite the fit for the Monaco captain. Uh, anyway, Monaco kept pushing, got their reward eventually um, 10 minutes before the end by their new Brazilian signing, Van Dersen. Beautiful volley, actually, scored by the, the Brazilian. Um, they kept at it, but were surprised in the last minute, again, showing quite the passive defense, despite, you know, Nubel doing his best to deny Montpellier a couple of times. Uh, Mavi Didi um, scored a beautiful strike from within the box, but uh, so much power, he almost, he almost ripped the net apart in injury time in the top right corner. No much that Nubel could do on that one. The three points uh, are staying in Montpellier. Um, sees them passing Monaco on the ladder. It's uh, it's an average record for Philippe Clément in the Principality so far, right? One win, one draw, one loss. Um, and, and they're going to host Lyon in a couple of weeks after playing last in the French Cup. So it's not going to be an easy fortnight for them. For Montpellier, who, who's going to face Marseille in Coupe de France before traveling to, to Saint-Etienne for the next game, it's, uh, it's an important win. It's a good win for Darulio. I think it was... Um, important for them to make that statement that they could win against um, big teams without TG Savanier. Um, we know how how important it is for them and how crucial it's been all season. Uh, but seeing that the team is able to rally behind, um, you know, Jordan Ferry or, or Florian Mollet, who probably are the the in charge of the game when um, TG Savanier is in here, um, was a was good to see, and, and hopefully they can keep that up. Um, I, you know, I have a soft spot for Dalolio, the coach of Montpellier. So if you could bring Montpellier to a to European um, qualification, it definitely would make me happy. But we we're not going to go to ahead. We're not going to get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, very good results for Montpellier at home. Monaco, who um, yeah hasn't found a solution despite having a new coach, and it might take some time. And hopefully, he's going to have the time to to get the results. But um, but they also need to get those results because I don't think Monaco is going to accept. Anything else than fighting for, um, if not Champions League, at least Europa League spots. Next up, Nantes against uh, Lorient. Another high-scoring game, a 4-2 win for Les Canaries. The goal scorer, André Giroto at the 39th minute. Paulo Muani at the 53rd. Bukhari at the 69th. And Jebels at the 86th. For Lorient, Mofi scored at the 56th minute. I remember when is the last time that Mofi had scored. <laughs> And Sambu Sumano, youngster, scored his first goal uh, of his professional career at the 85th minute. Lorient, who's now failed to win any of their last 15 games. Uh, and if at first they showed resistance and even some offensive intents, um, they could not hold and they could hold, hold, they couldn't hold, excuse me, Nantes down long enough, unfortunately. Uh, the, the goal from Giroto came from a free kick. It's his second free kick in two weeks. Not as far as it was last week, but still that powerful low effort. This time it was deflected before he got to the goalkeeper. Um, and, and there was not a lot that 
Nardi could do. Nardi, who had made a few saves already in the first half um, before the instance. Uh, sorry, I didn't mention it. There was 12 attempts for, for Nantes and 8 on target, 15 for Lorient, 6 on target, and the position was for Nantes, 54%. Um, anyway, the second half started and um, Colomani was able to, to double the tally from short range. Again, the Lorient team just not um, not strong enough defensively, not dense enough defensively. Um, they were able to come back, Les Merlus, with a, a bit of luck, a couple of deflections into the box and the ball ended up in Teremov's feet. Um, but then Nantes was back attacking and, and happy to get their luck as well. That effort from Bukhari was, was deflected and lobbed. Motionless Nardi, not much he could do on that one. Um, Sumano set up Le Merlu for a crazy last eight minute by scoring his first professional goals. Uh, but within seconds, Jebol had answered. Jebol, who's on, on loan from Monaco, former Lyon prodigy, um, took advantage of a poor backfire by the Lyon defense and, uh, and sneak himself between the defender and the goalkeeper, leaving no chance to Nardi. Important win for Nantes. Uh, you know, they keep their good overall series going and, they're only three points away from Strasbourg, who's in fourth place. They're visiting Strasbourg in two weeks, um, so it could be a could be a game changer for them. This uh, this game at the Stade de la Meno. For Lorient, just the woes continue. They're 19th. They're only four point, four, five points away, excuse me, from Saint Etienne. Saint Etienne was a game in hand playing this midweek actually, and they're going to host Lens in in a Lens, excuse me, in a couple of weeks in February. Which um which is not the easiest game to play, Lance uh, Lance at home, but um, uh, you know you're wondering how Christophe Pellissier doesn't get more worries right now. I mean I know he's doing the work, but Loriente and and Mofi just aren't aren't as um clinical as they've been at the beginning of the season, and Lorient is definitely paying that dearly. Next game Brest against Lille uh, and a two zero win for the men. Coached by Der Zakarian. Surprising, Lille, uh, Lille had been played well, playing well and had done the job in the past couple of months and they've been surprised um, away from home at Brest despite dominating the game 2-0. The goal scorer Jallo with an on goal um, for Brest uh, and sorry, Jallo, Lille defender with an on goal gave the goal for Brest, I should say. And Steve Mounier at the 95th minute on penalty made it. 63% possession ball for Lille, 70 shots, only 5 on target. And for Brest, 9 shots and only 3 on target. Um, you know, the, the first goal doesn't count as, an, as a Brest shot. Uh, but yeah, they got, they got the luck that they need to have Brest. Like I said, Lille, you know, were in good form lately and beaten in 9 games. But Ledog couldn't see out the, the Pirates, who's a bit of a giant slayer in Ligue 1 this season. They've beaten OM, they've beaten Lens, they've beaten Monaco. Now they had the, the reigning champion to their hunting, um, hunting wall, as we say yeah, in France. Uh, anyway, they, uh, they had them dead to rights too. The, the game started ideally for their Zakarian when Pierre Gabriel forced Jallo to score an on goal after just three minutes. Lille had the chances and definitely deserved to score. Uh, but Marco Bizot was just in exceptional form for Brest. Since the beginning of the season, there's been some, you know, some talk. You know, can Gochelos Larsoner take back his spot in uh, as a goalkeeper for Brest? But I think Marco Bizot this weekend really showed why uh, why he was the one wearing the gloves and and playing the games in Liga. The second half was was more of the same. Lille 
playing better football than the first couple of months under Govenek, that's for sure. Um, you know, they only allowed Brest to exist in counter-attack, but uh, but Lille unable to, to score, and that's a, that's a problem. Um, one of the um, highlights of the game, unfortunately, I'd say, was when Burak Yulmaz was subbed off. Uh, he was furious, walked straight to the local room. It's probably going to be a bit of a weird and an uncomfortable talk between Govenek and and Yilmaz is not the first time this season that he does that. We know he's pretty hot-headed, the Turkey striker, but it's just not a good show, in my opinion. Um, he was subbed, at, subbed by, um, by for Ben Arfa, excuse me, though. Um, Hatem Ben Arfa, the new signing for Lille. Um, we'll see what he can do. He says he's in form. He had a, he had a good interview um, a couple of weeks ago saying that he felt in shape and he was happy to play for a team like Lille. And he refused, uh, you know, smaller market with more money so that he could go back and, and compete in a, with a real team. You know, maybe he's inspired by his um, his friend of the 87 generation, um, Benzema, who's still, you know, high-flying at 35. Maybe Ben Arfa wants to be that guy as well. Hopefully he can bring something to, to Lille because since they lost um, Ikone, not that Ikone was a, a big difference maker, but you can see that offensively they're just not scoring as much um, with... Um, with Jonathan David not giving that much ball in, in the box anymore. Anyway, um, Ben Affa couldn't change the fate on the team, uh, of the team on that game. And, uh, and Lille actually considered again in the last second with that penalty when, uh, when Selic fouled Honora. Mounier, of course, buried it in confirming the win. It's, it's a missed opportunity for Lille, I think. You know, they could have come back on the fourth spot. Um, for Brest, though, much needed air. They're now eight points clear of the relegation struggle, and uh, and they can see, um, you know, they can see a bit more coming. They gave them, they bought themselves a couple of um, of jokers for for the end of the year. After the after the Coupe de France, Brest will be traveling to Rennes, and Lille has a uh, has a big game coming for them. They have to host Paris Saint Germain, and uh, and we know how. I mean, they'll have two weeks to, to get ready for it while Paris will play Nice. And Paris, at that time, might have their head somewhere else with the game against Real Madrid coming up. But um, it'll be a real test for Lille to see if uh, if they can, you know, see off the usual champion. If the reigning champion can see off the usual champion. They couldn't the first game. So let's see if they can win. One game that we thought was going to be highly entertaining and, and I guess didn't live up to the promise was Lyon against Saint-Etienne. Uh, 1-0 win in that historical derby uh, for France football, right? Uh, he was playing in Lyon at the OL Groupama uh, and yeah, unfortunately, just 1-0. Um, clearly, two teams were struggling. The goal came from Dembele at the 15th minute on penalty. Um, 11 shots for Lyon, 4 on target, 60% possession. Only four shots for Saint-Etienne, only one on target. Uh, yeah, two teams that, you know, for their own reason, are, are struggling. And Saint-Etienne with now a seventh straight loss. They need a small miracle. They are starting to work on it on the transfer market um, with, with some, some good signing. Mangala, one of them. Um, Bernardoni, of course, in, in goals who played against Lyon and who actually had a good game. The game itself, um, yeah, I guess, wasn't the most entertaining a silly foul by um, Kolo Jeshak offered a penalty to Dembele, um, who was happy to uh, to bury it. Uh, Bernardoni couldn't do anything on it, but then Bernardoni was here a minute later to deny Usem Awar. Um, Magic Amara probably had the best chance for Saint-Etienne in the first half. Um, uh, a header is in the box, but 
um, Lopez showed why maybe he is the best Lyon player this season uh, by uh, by saving that one away. Bernardoni had another few chances, few saves to make, excuse me, in the second half, again in front of Awar, in front of Kadewere as well. Um, but the game really just died down. Um, Saint-Etienne basically unable to bring a danger up front without Kazri or Buanga. Um, Buanga is coming back soon. Kazri has, has qualified, so it's going to take a bit longer for Saint-Etienne to get their best striker back. But Lyon, against a team so weak, is just failing to convince um, you know, we always try to wonder what Boss is trying to do this this time around. Um, it was a three-five-two, uh, but Chago Mendes was one of the three defenders with Lukeba and Da Silva. So clearly experimental. Enrique was on the left side. Maybe you know he thought that having Kakere Guimaraes and Paqueta was going to be enough at least to uh, hold the midfield. And they did. They did hold the midfield. They just uh, didn't have that many opportunities up front. And when they had them, they were unable to um, to score. Lyon has some work to do, but they are still where we want them to, where they want to be, uh, as far as the um, the table goes. So hopefully they can, hopefully they can stay there. Uh, anyway, next um, game for Lyon, they are traveling to Montpellier after after the Coupe de France. Of course, they're not playing the Coupe de France after they were told um, that they can't uh, play it because of what happened against uh, Paris earlier on uh, and Saint-Etienne who's going to have a busy couple of weeks they are playing in Angers on Wednesday they are, the game that they had in hand uh, they are playing in Bergerac uh, next week in Coupe de France and they will be playing against Montpellier at home in a couple of weeks uh, in Ligue 1 as well so you know if they were able to get points against Angers it's going to be hard at home against uh, Montpellier uh, but they could potentially start that comeback, I feel like not getting the three points in Angers might look like Saint-Etienne can't them in themselves, but um, we never know. Miracles do happen. It just looks really bleak for Lever right now. And the last game of the weekend that we're covering is Angers, who is hosting Troyes. Um, a 2-1 win for Gérald Bachicle's player, and they uh, a, a good win, an important win. I don't know if it was um, yeah, we're not going to talk about deserved and not deserved. A lot of uh, a lot of whistle going on during that game, and Trois definitely with a lot of opportunity. Trois with fifty seven percent possession in Angers, eleven shots and six on target, and Angers with um, only ten shots and three on target and two goals in that. The goals both coming from penalties by Thomas Mengani at the twenty sixth and the thirty seventh minute. Um, Trois who had opened the score by uh, Brandon Dominguez. Angers needed to to find their their form back at home after two straight losses, um, and they did it against one of their favorite opponents. They like Troyes; they, they usually win against Troyes. Uh, Bruno Irlesmen were the first to strike, though, um, and they hit it real quick with Dominguez scoring his first career goal after ten minutes. Uh, but then the the foul trouble started for uh, for Troyes, who just couldn't help but filing people into their own box. Uh, first, it was Salmier who for who fouled Brahimi. The, the exciting young prospect from Angers and Mengani happily um, putting that one in the middle. And then it was Bianconi who, who fouled Lea, uh, Pereira Lage more clumsily than anything, uh, but still it's in the box. And, and Mangani again was able to um, to score. The first half was busy with those three goals with um, Rodriguez trying to 
to equalize uh, for trois, a couple of headers, and, and Penkovic doing some nice saves um, for Angers. You know, you are wondering why um, Angers let Bernard go, but, you know, Petkovic is not a, he's not a newbie, he's not that young, he's 20, 28 years old, I think, the Montenegrin. Yeah, he's 28 years old, exactly. Uh, and he is delivering for, for Angers and uh, hopefully for him and for his team, he'll be able to uh, to deliver that well that they can stay in the first half of the table. Uh, anyway, the second half saw uh, both teams with um, a few chances and a few opportunities to actually score. But again, Petkovic was in form and so was Gauthier Gallon for Troyes, who, who made some mistakes in his uh, in this season, but um, had a solid game against Angers despite losing 2-1 at the end. Um, a good win for Angers that, you know, give them a bit of air away from the bo- uh, from the bottom, but also, um, you know, get them a bit closer to European spot. We I keep saying how, how tight it is between uh, Brest, who's 13th, and uh, Strasbourg, who's there is only seven points. Uh, so Angers is six points away from Strasbourg. For um, Troyes, um, yeah, it's a bit, bit more worrisome, isn't it? 16th on the table, only 20 points, three points away from Lorient. Uh, but we are seeing that bottom seven team, um, you know, getting detached slowly and uh, Troyes doesn't want to be in that wagon, but that's where they are, unfortunately. Uh, they are going to host Metz in a couple of weeks. Uh, and Angers, of course, is playing against Saint-Etienne uh, midweek before um, traveling to Marseille in a couple of weeks. Right, that's it for um, Ligue 1 match day 22 uh, on the table. Paris Saint-Germain is up front with 53 points, followed by Nice, 42 points, and Marseille, 40 points. Uh, a little um, five-point gap before Strasbourg come. And then, like I said, you have all those teams uh, playing for um, European spot at the bottom. Saint-Etienne, twelve points in twenty-one games. I mean, every team with that tel- with that amount of points at that time got relegated. We'll see if Saint-Etienne can uh, can pull off that miracle. In front of them, Lorient is five points away. Um, Metz is seven points away, and then we have Bordeaux, Troyes, and Clermont uh, with twenty, twenty, and twenty-one points. Um, the goal scoring ladder changed a little bit with Ben Yedder taking uh, advantage of David and Laborde not scoring. Uh, so Ben Yedder up front followed by David, Laborde, Guiri and Mbappé. Uh, and in the assist market Jonathan Kloss is still up front uh, in front of Mbappé and in front of Payet and Guiri. Uh, next week, like I said, uh, a bit of Coupe de France playing, uh, you know, the the important games, Paris Saint-Germain against Nice, Marseille against Montpellier. Uh, be a nice little Nantes-Brest. Um, there'll be definitely a team from a um, lower level qualified because Toulouse from Ligue 2 is hosting Versailles. So one of those two teams will make it to the quarterfinals. Um, Lens is playing against Monaco as well, a, a game that we will want to watch too. Uh, and after that, Ligue 1 will come back in a couple of weeks. So I'm not sure if I'll have an episode Next week, hopefully, I'll feel better. I'm, I'm sorry again about the, the crooked voice. Um, but I'm sure it'll be exciting. And by then, the, um, the Mercato will be finished. Excuse me, the transfer market will be over. So there'll probably be a bit to talk about. Thanks again for following Caselli. Thanks for listening to, uh, to maybe a, a low octane episode. Um, feel free to, you know, send any feedback. Let me know what you think. And I look forward to recording another episode in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao.